Welcome back to the OG Livewire. This is Theo Greminger. Uh, welcome to the show. We're back in week six and uh, we're ready to rock. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash off is the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy these trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be trading. 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 And I always be trading. Trading. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. So we made it all the way here to week six. Uh, it's exciting. The season has been wild, to say the least. Uh, last night's game was just incredible. I had a few fantasy sweats, um, and I was able to win most of them. Um, pretty much my Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes shares both paid out. Uh, I had a Darren Waller team that obviously lost, um, but I had a few Devontae Adams shares that paid off very well. Uh, we now have kind of a a very tough situation as Devontae uh, Adams managers where we're looking at the bye week this week and then who knows how the NFL comes down on him in terms of the suspension. I do think we're looking at one though. I think it's going to be maybe a game, but it's very hard to predict these things. I would anticipate it's a game and money. I He's a, been a player who hasn't had any issues in the past, and I think the NFL will kind of weigh that into their decision. But you can't have that at the end of the game. So as a Devontae Adams manager, it's difficult because you're looking at the bye week this week and then who knows afterwards. So if I have Devontae Adams, I am absolutely prioritizing the wide receiver position. Even if it's kind of the scraps, I'm trying to be a week ahead um, and that's one thing that I discussed briefly in my waiver wire uh, column this week on Player Profiler was try to be a week ahead on the bye weeks. This week we have Buffalo, the Los Angeles Rams, Philadelphia. Excuse me, that's I was reading off week seven. This week we have Detroit, Las Vegas, Tennessee, and Houston as the bye weeks. So you know if you're a Damian Pierce uh, owner, you you have Derrick Henry on one of your teams. Obviously Devontae Adams, any Detroit Lion. You know, you, you've hopefully planned for this and hopefully you have the depth. But I think that one thing that I want us all to do is to try to be two weeks ahead. So next week, Buffalo, the Los Angeles Rams, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Minnesota Vikings are all on buys. And then week eight is easier. There's only two teams on buys, Kansas City and the Chargers. So the first position that kind of jumps out to me is quarterback. We... I mean, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, all of those guys you should try to be planning for now. You don't want to be scrambling. 
I think there's some interesting names we're going to go over at the quarterback position later on that might be somebody you want to consider adding this week just in case. You also can kind of take a look at the guys who are cut this week. I think that there's a chance that you'll see a few players cut that might be uh, helpful to you uh, for your waivers next week. So these waiver wires, I mean, just kind of stay on top of it. Always be two weeks ahead. If you can, be three weeks ahead. I know that's easier said than done when it comes to roster space. But in a 20-man roster uh, format, I do think it's the quarterback position is the one that we really want to make sure we have coverage for. I know that some players go with a, a naked QB strategy. If you have, it's a little bit riskier, but if you have a Josh Allen, you have a Jalen Hurts, once in a while you're not carrying a backup quarterback, you want to try to be ahead of it and add one for this week. Um, but I think that that's kind of the biggest key. And then the other thing to factor in is, do you carry two defenses? I think in, in the case of the Buffalo Bills, I would try to carry their defense through the bye week. None of the defenses this week are, are ones that you're going to need to worry about. I mean, you're, you're not really using any of them anyway. None of the uh, – Carlson, the kicker, would be one that I would try to carry uh, if I could. I wouldn't want to let him go to the waiver wire. Um, if I could, I would try to carry him through just because I think he's a very reliable kicker and he's been fantasy-friendly. So you have to really try to weigh it. Most of the times I'm not carrying two defenses. I'm not carrying two kickers unless it's an impactful player like the Buffalo Bills D uh, or Carlson this week. Um, getting on to the waiver wire, we, we've we got some interesting names this week. It's, again, um, probably not as good as last week. Last week we had the the Denver Broncos situation uh, where there were some more more clear clear additions. I think it's still up in the air uh, how, that, how that Denver Broncos running back room uh, plays out. Mike Boone looked good. Latavius Murray was inactive. The Denver Broncos offense is a train wreck. Uh, I'm interested to see how Lat Murray is used this week. Melvin Gordon, Gordon had a decent game in terms of counting stats. They they leaned on him uh, at times, and and you know he had a couple of moments. So that's kind of in flux, uh, and I'll be interested to see how that plays out. Uh, and then last week, uh, quarterback wise, we talked about Geno Smith. Geno Smith is not going to be available to you in pretty much any FFPC, NFFC, FFWC league. He is locked in. He's a QB1 right now. I hope you added him. I wish I had a little more Geno Smith. I think that he's it's exciting what's going on there. He's carrying two top 15-ish wide receivers right now. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both average more than 14 points per game. Got Ken Walker now into the mix. That Seattle, Seattle offense is, is pretty much rolling, and they have a chance to get to 500 this week against Arizona at home in Seattle. That game seems like it could be very fantasy friendly. Uh, kind of moving on to this week's additions at quarterback. Uh, it's it's very ugly to, to talk about him again, but Kenny Pickett, they lose 38-3 to Buffalo. It was a complete beatdown. It could have been worse. They, they may as well have lost, you know, 60 to nothing. Um, but he did pass for over 300 yards, and we saw an uptick in targets for George Pickens. And we still saw double-digit targets maintained for Deontay Johnson. I think with Pickett, he's he's spreading the targets around to his two best wide receivers. That's very good to see. And we have to also factor in that last week he ran for two scores. So I do think that there's going to be a chance for some fantasy viability from Kenny Pickett. 
again, we're not playing regular football. I think regular football-wise, he's going to struggle a lot. But in terms of counting stats, I think he can be kind of a fun guy to have as your QB2 and a guy you want to consider down the stretch. If you're in a horrible bind this week, Daniel Jones has a, has a pretty nice matchup over the next three weeks. This week is Baltimore. It's in New York, though. So I think that'll be an interesting game. And then they play Jacksonville and Seattle the following two weeks. Jones had like 217 yards passing this week, and that was his season high. So we're not going to really see anything out of the passing game. The Giants' weapons are poor. They do get Wandale Robinson. We'll talk about him a, a little bit later. They, we, they will get him soon, possibly as early as this week. Um, and Saquon Barkley is obviously maybe the fantasy MVP at this point. But Daniel Jones had 10 rushing attempts against Green Bay, 15 rushing attempts the previous two games. I think that there's a chance that, based on his rushing ability, if you're in a total bind this week, he would be one to add. The problem is this year, a lot of the viable quarterbacks are, are rostered because we haven't had as many big-time fantasy impact waiver wire additions this year people have been adding the quarterbacks a little bit more. So it, it's difficult to add impactful quarterback streamers right now compared to previous seasons. But those two would be the ones I would want to take a look at. Jameis Winston may have been cut in your leagues. The last time he was out there, he passed for 353 yards. He would be one I would check on. He's been injured, but as a speculative addition, Jameis Winston would be one I would try to, to take a look at. And then we're, we're just pretty much dry at the quarterback spot after that. Running back-wise, we have – you know what? First, let's get to the comments in the chat. Shout-out to Jason Van Buren. Thank goodness I got D-Hop coming back in week seven in case Adams gets suspension. Yeah, that's a, a, a great bridge wide receiver if I've ever seen one. Um, we're very interested to see how, how D-Hop's looks coming back. Uh, I mean, I think we're looking at an 18 to 20% target share, uh, maybe a little bit more. It's going to be very, very exciting. Here we go. Famous Jay finally caught live. Thanks for tuning in live. I re really appreciate you, Famous Jay. Worst uh, waiver, worst move of the week was benching Brees Hall for T. Higgins. That was a tough one. I think I probably would have done the same thing, though. Uh, you can't anticipate that uh, that injury. Um, running back-wise for this week, Deion Jackson is an interesting name to me, and I don't think he has really any buzz. Uh, last week, uh, Naeem Hines exited the game with a concussion. Uh, and Jackson outrushed Philip Lindsay 62 to 40, and he added four catches for 29 yards. Naeem Hines should be out again this week with a concussion. Uh, this is a new day in the NFL. They're not going to let guys back quickly off concussions. Jonathan Taylor's status is up in the air. Right now, I'd say he's questionable. I think we'll we'll have a better idea as the, as the week moves along. But for 20-man formats like NFFC, FFPC, FFWC, Deion Jackson, I think, showed enough that I want him rostered. He was added a lot last week, so I think he he won't be available in a lot of those formats already because people did anticipate the, you know, him moving up into you know Naheem Himes' backup role. He might be better than Himes right now. Like he looked good to me. I know that's speculative, and the coaching staff in Indianapolis has talked up Himes, but Jackson looks looked good. So I'm interested to see kind of where his role goes. If you're in a home league, you know, he's the kind of guy you add for a dollar, and I think you're going to get him. I think people are kind of overlooking the situation. They're anticipating Taylor is just back, 
and then they're they're still considering Hines as a guy that would be well ahead of Jackson. I'm not quite sure about that. The coaching staff liked Jackson enough to have him beat out Philip Lindsay um, for the number three role. Lindsay was on the practice squad. Jackson was on the active roster. So I, I think Jackson's pretty interesting. He's a young player. Uh, and I think that if both of those guys are out this week again, Jackson would be a guy you could use in the flex. Uh, you could use him as your running back two in a pinch. I would still consider him more of an RB3 than an RB2, but he would be interesting. Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards um, is looking better and better. He's not available to me in too many um, leagues right now. Uh, I double-checked uh, I double checked before the show just a couple of these guys, like for my FFPC leagues. He's rostered in most of those. But I do think Edwards will be available in some home leagues. Uh, he should be back. And I think that it's an interesting situation he's stepping into. J.K. Dobbins, after a very impressive uh, first game back, was limited to eight rush attempts this past weekend. Justice Hill is out with an injury. We don't know when he's going to be back. It's a little disappointing. I was kind of hoping for the Justice Hill, you know, uh, having kind of a career year this year. Um, but Edwards is, is you know, going to be what he is. He's going to immediately be ahead of, you know, the, the Kenyon Drakes, the Mike Davises uh, in Baltimore. Um, you know, he should possibly be ahead of Hill. And I think that, you know, he's one J.K. Dobbins injury away from being very fantasy viable. And even the weeks that J.K. Dobbins is is there, Edwards is still going to see some looks. Baltimore wants to run the ball. It's going to get colder soon. Gus Edwards is going to step into a, a nice role. He's one that we want to take a look for. The Probably the running back ad of the week would be Eno Benjamin. Right now, the, the Arizona Cardinals running back room is banged up. James Conner has a rib injury. Darrell Williams has a knee injury. Eno Benjamin this past week had eight carries for 25 yards. He found the end zone. He added three catches for 28 yards. Eno's a guy that we've talked about on the show a number of times. Uh, he's a guy that I have rostered in a number of places. So I'm not I'm not rooting against uh, James Conner uh, sitting out for a week. Eno would actually help me a lot in a couple of teams that could really use a you know a plug and play running back. Um, I do think that Benjamin's the kind of player that's going to be capped in his total touches. So the matchup is fantastic against Seattle. I don't think Benjamin can be a workhorse, but I do think he's an, a two-way back who should see an increase in targets to go along with his his. I would say if he's if he's got the backfield to himself, I, I could see him getting you know twelve to fifteen carries, and I could see his his targets going up and offering five catches. So he's uh, he's an interesting player. He's a he's a guy that you know, a lot of people were kind of banking on the preseason as a, a late, a late running back pick. Um, I know we've talked about on the goat district a lot. So if he has the backfield to himself this week, it should be super interesting. Cliff Kingsbury said that James Connor's rib injury was not serious. They're being cautious with it, but who knows what, how they approach it this week. Damian Williams is a guy I've talked about for a few weeks in a row. Damian Williams. I want you to stash. I have him stashed on a number of rosters Tyler Algier paced all the Falcons running backs this weekend with 13 carries, but he saw zero targets in the passing game. I think Damian Williams, when he comes back, is going to leapfrog Caleb Huntley and Avery Williams, and he might see more work than Tyler Algier. And I think that he also offers uh, – he's going to be the best pass-catching uh, running back there. We have to remember that Williams was running ahead of Cordero Patterson week one, and – when Patterson comes back, he's obviously going to have a role, 
but I think that there's a chance that Williams could be, you know, a guy that you could at least use as a bi-week fill-in with potential for more. I think he's a good player, and I think the coaching staff likes him there in Atlanta. Tevin Coleman, it seems very odd to be talking about Kevin Coleman in a 2022 waiver wire podcast, but he he was there this weekend. He found the end zone twice for San Francisco. Uh, it seems like they went to a uh, a two running back approach again. Uh, he was uh, very much operating as a number two back behind Jeff Wilson, um, and he added 67 yards rushing and receiving combined. He only played 19 snaps. Wilson played 38. But we've heard Kyle Shanahan use the word hot hand. Tevin Coleman's a guy that has a tremendous amount of familiarity with Kyle Shanahan and his system. Never say never. If, if Jeff, Jeff Wilson goes down right now, Tevin Coleman would step right in um, and be a you know potential low-end RB2. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's very funny to write about. I don't think you should overpay for him, but I think you have to consider him the handcuff in San Francisco while Tyrion Davis price is out. Jordan Mason seems to just not be getting the opportunity. I think that Coleman is obviously past him. Uh, and we don't see Elijah Mitchell back till after week eight. So Tevin Coleman's an interesting, interesting player to stash Jalen Warren. We saw him have an uptick in touches. He's not going to be available to you in too many NFFC, FFPC, FFWC, 20 man leagues, but I think he is available in some home leagues. Absolutely stash him. Mike Tomlin said that his role will continue to increase. He just flat out looks better than Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris has seen his best fantasy season already. I think it was last year. If I have Najee Harris in Dynasty, I am willing to sell low on him for the right price. I'm not giving him away. But if I'm not seeing a market for him, then I'm doing whatever I can to add Warren because I think he's a capable back. And if Harris went down, I think uh, Warren would be an RB2. Josh Kelly had his best game of the season. He had 82 combined yards uh, rushing and receiving. Um, And he looked good. This was with Austin Eckler having his smash game. Josh Kelly is clearly the number two back behind Eckler. He is not a threat to take away work from Austin Eckler. But it's very reassuring to see that he outsnapped Sonny Michelle 27-2. to So we talk about we want handcuffs in very good offenses that have a clear path to the to the top running back job. Even if Austin Eckler were to miss like one or two games, I think Kelly would step right in. Isaiah Spiller is still waiting in the wings, but the team is not, ha- not having him active. I think that if there was a big injury to Eckler, then Spiller might get some consideration, but Kelly's running way ahead of him. So Josh Kelly would be a guy – He's actually a guy that I had and I cut in a few leagues, and I regret that. Um, so I still have some Josh Kelly, but I, I cut him to make way for some other guys, and that was kind of poor process on my part. But he's a very uh, clear handcuff to me, to Eckler, in a very, very good offense, and we want him. A few other guys to consider that didn't make my article, but for some deeper league guys, um, we want to consider DJ Dallas. Kenneth Walker is going to step in. Rashad Penny's done for the year. Dallas looks to be the number two back there. He's got some receiving ability. And then the New England situation, Damian Harris looks like he's going to miss. We don't know the extent of it, but it looks like it's going to be multiple weeks for Damian Harris. I don't know which is the better play here, but I do think that if you have room on your roster, 
Pierre Strong, I think most analysts are going to be for Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong was is the rookie running back. Uh, he's interesting. He had a little bit of buzz um, in late late August, early September. People were drafting him in main events, drafting him in NFFC primetimes in like the 20th round, 19th round as a speculative guy. I don't know if it's going to be him or J.J. Taylor, and I think only Bill Belichick knows that. J.J. Taylor is a little bit more of a pass-catching back. He's smaller. Uh, he There was a couple of weeks last year where he made some waiver wire articles of mine. We thought maybe he'd see an expanded role. It just didn't happen. But you never know with Bill Belichick. But those two guys are, are ones to kind of monitor. I don't know which way I would even bet. I think that it might be Taylor who might cost you a little bit less than Pierre Strong. It might be like a little bit of an arbitrage, save you a few dollars. So, I'm again, if you want to take shots on that backfield, Ramondre Stevenson looks fantastic, but we want to have a handcuff there. I think there could be room for a second running back to have use. We saw Stevenson and Harris have multiple weeks where they were both used. So another running back will receive touches. I don't know who it's going to be. So you might want to make low ball bids on both. Um, and don't go overspending on either. Wide receivers. We have some really exciting players to talk about. Alec Pierce has just been fantastic. He's had three straight games over 60 yards. He outscored Michael Pittman in the last two, two uh, games. And he just looks different. When when he was drafted, we heard about him sort of like a, a Nico Collins type, uh, like an MVS type like a big six foot four guy who could win downfield. And that was exciting enough. He was being drafted, but he looks much, much better than that. He looks like a terrific athlete. We know he tested well. He's 6'3", 210, ran like a 4'4", but he's winning on all levels of the field. This past game, he had nine targets, eight catches, and he fights for every bad ball. We talk about like Matt Ryan doesn't look very good. But Alec Pierce made him look better, and Matt Ryan was leaning on him. He plays less snaps than Paris Campbell, so Paris Campbell's still out snapping him. But Alec Pierce had like a 27% target share this past week. I'm very, very big into Alec Pierce. I think he could return wide receiver three value for the rest of the season. I think he looks the part, and you know we're seeing the production. It's it's three straight weeks where he's given us a, a usable, not necessarily impactful, but usable fantasy line. And we finally saw it last week. He's a guy that if he's available to me in a home league, I would be aggressive bidding on. I don't think he's going to be available to you in too many of the 20-man format high stakes leagues. But in a home league, I would be very aggressive getting Alec Pierce and kind of see which way this thing goes. Another rookie wide receiver who had an awesome, awesome first game was Khalil Shakir. He caught three passes for 75 yards and a touchdown. He ran predominantly at, at in the slot. So he's he's got like explosiveness. He he's he moves very well. It looks like the Bills have another like day three gem. They drafted Gabe Davis in the fourth round. Khalil Shakir is a third rounder. I think some people are going to discount the production based on the fact that they think Isaiah McKenzie is just going to come back and, and take away his his uh, role. I'm not 100% on that. I think Shakir looks really, really good. We also have seen the seen the fact that Dawson Knox has missed a game. Isaiah McKenzie's now missed two games. 
and Gabe Davis has missed a game. So this wide receiver room and receiving receivers in general for the Bills have had multiple games with where somebody's missed. Shakir, at the very least, looks like a guy that we should almost treat like a handcuff, where if a wide receiver or Dawson Knox miss, Shakir can go right into our flex spot, and we know that he's a player that can produce with targets. He's explosive, and Josh Allen, you know, passed him a few times. There was one big conversion uh, where Allen uh, threw to him in traffic, and he adjusted on the ball and, and made the catch for a first down, and then obviously he had the touchdown reception later on. Sky Moore, it's been quiet. Sky Moore uh, actually started last night. He didn't do much. It's been back-to-back games where we've seen him like used, but not really anything potentially fantasy viable. I do think he's a guy that that his role will grow as the season moves along. It might be you have to keep him on your your bench for five more weeks, and then you get to start him towards the end of the year. It might be in three weeks, Kansas City says, hey, this guy Sky Moore is pretty good let's target him eight times instead of four times. I think that that more is one that I want to have. We also saw Nicole Hardman um, dealing with something with his heel last night towards the end of the game. He was in pain on the sideline. I don't know if there's anything really with that, but we know MVS has dealt with some issues. Juju Smith-Schuster has de- dealt with some issues. I think the time is, the time is coming for Sky Moore, and he's one that I'd want to keep on my roster. I want to talk about two New York Giants players Darius Slayton, he had one of the better games for a Giants wide receiver all, all season long with six catches for 79 yards in that win over the Packers this weekend in London. The wide receiver room in, in New York is completely banged up. Uh, Kadarius Tony was out. Uh, Kenny Galladay was out. Wondell Robinson was out. Obviously, Sterling Shepard is done for the year. So Darius Slayton, he could just disappear. But I think he looked good enough that he might have carved out a little bit more of a role. So we'll kind of see where it's going. Again, he's a guy that you spend minimal fab on. You probably win the bid, just kind of see where this thing goes. And then the other Giants receiver is Wondell Robinson. I talk about him every single week. Let's remember that the Giants took Wondell Robinson ahead of Alec Pierce, ahead of George Pickens, and ahead of Sky Moore. The Giants have a plan for Wondell. You want to see a little bit of a return on your investment. Um, He's a small guy who's very explosive. He can operate inside the slot. I think he's going to move right ahead of Richie James and be the slot wide receiver. Daniel Jones likes these low A dot guys. These are passes Daniel Jones can complete. And I think Wondell Robinson could be kind of a security blanket for him. I think that there's a chance that he becomes like a flex play, like a wide receiver three play when he comes back. And again, he's a guy you can add um, if he's available in some of your home leagues, you probably add him for very cheap because he hasn't done a thing this year. And, you know, he's he keeps missing with, missing with injuries. So he's a speculative guy that could help us out later on. Tight end-wise, we have to talk about Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, this is per Adam Levitan of Establish the Run, uh, who came on the GOAT District this summer, was a terrific guest with us. Hill played 11 snaps at QB. He had six snaps at running back. He had four snaps at tight end and he had two in the slot. But he's tight end eligible in almost every single format. He had four touchdowns this past weekend. It was the craziest thing you've ever seen. He was all over the field. He also recovered a fumble for them. He's making impactful blocks on Alvin Kamara runs. I mean, Taysom Hill was like a maniac this week. It was like watching uh, the water boy or something playing uh, playing, uh, playing uh, wildcat t- uh, quarterback. Uh, 
Taysom Hill is one where we can't ignore him right now. Basically, he's a best ball cheat code, and it's a lot easier in best ball because we just have the points and we bank them. Here, if you use him as your tight end, you have to be prepared for a zero at the position. But the position can be so ugly where we're considering using guys like, I know we used Mo Alley-Cox. Dan and I used Mo Alley-Cox in a a league this past week. Tyler Conklin this week, a guy we've talked about on the waiver wire show, basically got dusted. He did nothing. I mean, you see uh, people adding Will Disley, who can give you a zero. So a lot of these guys that were playing at the tight end position who may be running more routes and are on the field more than Taysom Hill uh, are still all potential zeros. But Taysom Hill has had two games this year where he's had multiple touchdowns. He's had six touchdowns overall for the season. And I think there's a chance that his role increases where we see him on the field more for the Saints. I mean, how could you not give him a role increase? He's one of their most reliable things on offense. Chris Olave now is dealing with a concussion. They have to get creative here. And Taysom Hill is a guy that I don't think you can ignore. I think you should treat him as a high-end tight end too with upside. And if you don't have a guy with a weekly floor, you can consider him. As crazy as it sounds, the, the position is such a mess that we can't ignore him. Right now, he would be the tight end seven overall in a regular PPR league. FFPC is different because you have the tight end premium. But in a regular PPR format, Taysom Hill is tight end seven overall. And if you go for points per game, he is tight end three overall ahead of every single player except for Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. I mean, that's insane based on two weeks of of extreme production. It speaks to how bad the, the tight end position is. It also speaks to how when Taysom Hill has a Taysom Hill game, he completely flips the script on your opponent. So he's a, a guy that I at least don't want people to have. I want to price check him. You know your own league uh, a little better than I do, but I think that people do pay for touchdowns. So I don't want to go crazy, but I don't want people to get Taysom Hill for free. He's a really hard player to analyze, but I'd rather have him at the bottom of my bench than let somebody else have him. And all of a sudden he's uh, getting you know more Wildcat uh, snaps a game and he has maybe, uh, let's say, five more touchdowns on the year. I'd rather have him on my bench than somebody else's. Couple of uh, questions in the chat. Stockpile is looking for JT to be back this week. He's got Damian Pierce on a buy. Yeah, I'm hoping for that too. Uh, stockpile. I have JT on a team that I could really use him on this week. Uh, but I will be looking at Deontay Deion Jackson uh, where I can. Shout out to JD in the chat. Smash the like button. Thank you. Appreciate that, JD. Um, we'll be on later tonight. We have our second high stakes roundtable show of the year. I, we're going to be joined by by Bit Mandel, um, big time FFPC player who also steps into the NFFC, and Billy Wazowski, an NFFC Hall of Famer that took down the Rotowire Online Championship. Both guys have been on the Goat District before. They're both awesome guys and awesome fantasy players. I split a FFPC main event team with Bip, so we'll maybe talk about that for a minute just to flex that we're four and one. Um, but it'll be mostly some uh, forward thinking things for the. Uh, for the season moving forward and a couple of uh, looking back on what we've seen through week five, a couple of like broad, big, big picture uh, topics. It'll be helpful to anybody to see these two guys together on a show. 
we had a great first uh, roundtable with Matt Modica and Michael Edelman. We're looking forward to having an awesome one tonight. Famous Jay in the chat. How do you handle the commander's running back situation? I think you sit back with all of them on your bench this week. I think that you don't cut anyone. J.D. McKissick is kind of a pain. He had five catches last week. Antonio Gibson was seeing less work than Brian Robinson as a rusher, um, but he did have three catches, and we've seen him have his fantasy success this year. And then Brian Robinson uh, led all commanders running backs in, in rush attempts. He didn't see any targets in the passing game. So I think right now it's kind of an ugly committee. I think we'll learn a lot more against Chicago this week. But I kind of see – I would bet on, on Robinson's role kind of growing, but who knows how it's going to go. It might just be an ugly situation where we don't, we don't have a, a single running back that we can use confidently – um, but I think if if one guy goes down, then the other two become more valuable type situation. So it's really one just to kind of keep an eye on. Stockpile. Let's talk New England D. If they're out there, pick up now. They're coming into great form and great matchups. Great call uh, by Stockpile. They they the, de- the defense for New England completely shut down Detroit this past week. Bill Belichick basically owns Jared Goff. Uh, we saw it in the Super Bowl. We saw it this past week. I mean, he, ju- he just has the guy's number. Um, and the talking about the matchups they have coming up, they have the Chicago bears. They have the jets twice. Great call stockpile. That defense is really coming into shape. Uh, and then just talk about two more tight ends before we get out of here. Cade Otten for the Buccaneers. He had six, he caught six balls for 43 yards. Cameron Brait was out, but I'm not so sure Cade, Cade Otten can't just take that job. He looks better than Cameron Brait. He's got more juice than Cameron Brait. He would be a guy that I would I would try and pick up if he's still available in some of these FFPC leagues. It's very difficult to to come up with a usable tight end, and one kind of attached to Tom Brady is one that you know we can at least have a little confidence that he's had success at the position for years. And Kate Otten just basically looks good. Rookie tight ends are always kind of a funny thing, but I don't see any reason why he can't take Cameron Brait's job away from him. Brait just hasn't looked nearly as good as Otten did this past week. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, we've talked about him on the show before. He had a rushing touchdown this week, and I believe he caught two passes. He's kind of pointing up. He's not really usable this yet, but I think he's a guy that I want to keep an eye on. And then the one we tell you to pick up every week is Greg Dulcich. Dulcich is stepping into a potentially big role in Denver. I think he can be the number three most targeted receiver there, right behind Judy and Sutton. Denver is a train wreck of an offense right now, but I do think Dulcich is a guy that the coaching staff likes a lot, and I think that he'll be a guy that could potentially help them a little bit. He's one that we want to prioritize. If you told me I could pick up Kate Otten or Greg Dulcich and have him the rest of the season, I would still want Greg Dulcich. I believe that he's the one that I would bet on, and I think that with Otten or Bellinger for that matter, I don't think they have the upside that Dulcich does. So Dulcich will be one that I'd want you to stash. Anyway, looking forward to seeing everybody back this evening for our high stakes roundtable. We'll be back here at nine o'clock tonight. Uh, thanks a lot for, for tuning in again. Uh, this has been a lot of fun and good luck to everyone on the waiver wire.